You're listening to the Phantom Radio Sports Show podcast. Many thanks for listening. This week's show is split up into two parts. That's because if you've listened to the show already, well, if you're listening to this, why are you listening? Well, thanks for joining us in any case, if you wanted to listen back. But if you listened to the show already, you'll know that we had a very special guest on uh, towards the end of the show. And so therefore we thought we'd split it into two parts so that you can listen to the full interview uninterrupted by all of our other nonsense that we talk on this show. Uh, but this this is part one. Look out for part two wherever you get your podcast in your Phantom Radio or the show's podcast feed. Broadcasting across campus and online. This is Phantom Radio. If you're two one up with ten minutes to go, you don't sub off one of your best defenders. Hello and welcome to the Phantom Radio Sports Show. This week we're talking about my Shrovetide experience. There's a shocking sacking statement. There's been more managerial changes up and down the football pyramid. And we're also being watched today by some cameras. So hopefully after the show you'll be able to see our ugly mugs somewhere on the internet. Because we know that's what you want to see. Kieran, how's things going? Yeah, they're going very well. Thank you, Alfie. We've had a, a good week. It, well... Uh, we'll get on to Shrovetide, <laughs> and then and then you'll be able to determine whether you think that that constitutes a good week for me. Um, but yes, it's uh, certainly interesting. We've got um, we've got the liquidator now. A few weeks ago, we had a conversation about walkout music, and we figured out it wasn't on the system. But you know, it's a very footbally song, so we thought we'd we thought we'd add it. Also, there's a story about the Trafalgar Square plinth, which uh, the fourth plinth at Trafalgar Square is always an art installation from what I've been reading, and they basically put different things on uh, over the years, and the nominations for what should apparently be going on there this time have been a bit wild, so we're thinking, what sport-based thing would you put on there instead? Uh, give us a flavour of what's um, what's been suggested. Oh, so uh, what actually being suggested is stuff like a sweet potato or a black cat. I just don't think that's interesting. The if sweet you go potato. To, if you go to Trafalgar Square, you don't want to see a sweet potato or a black cat. Well, uh, or any of the other. Uh, uh, I'm just fascinated about offer. who initially brought up the sweet potato idea. Yeah, to be I honest. don't understand it. A sweet potato. It looks horrendous. What's wrong with a normal potato? A <laughs> no idea. It's just yeah, a sport on a, on a plinth. That's that's the height of culture, obviously. Um, but yeah, that's been suggested mm. as the option to go on the plinth. I don't think I'd vote for any of the options. Uh, who are you having then, or what? What sports? Sports wise, sports person. Well, British, because obviously it's uh, Trag Square in London. London. Tony Ooh. Adams. <laughs> well, he's got one already in London, obviously, the Emirates. That is true. So it needs to be someone who maybe doesn't have a. Uh, Bobby a Moore. He's definitely got a statue. Bobby Charlton. Johnny Charlton, that's who I meant. I don't know why maybe I said Bobby Charlton. Moore. Uh, maybe yeah. Gareth Southgate if he wins us the Euros this summer. Ah, there you go. There that's the answer, I think. Or, because these are all sort of abstract ideas, instead of actual Gareth Southgate, just a waistcoat. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, a bronze statue of a waistcoat. There's one that's uh, up for discussion to go and be nominated to go on the plinth that is a, quote, bronze gold statue head. Well, which one is it? <laughs> it's either bronze or gold. It's not Can't be both. both. <laughs> I suppose maybe they painted it to look gold and it's made of bronze. That's probably the the more true uh, thing from there. But yes, we want you to tell us what you think should go on the plinth. Uh, so do get in touch at Sport on Phantom uh, on X or at Phantom Sports Show on Instagram. Mm, we'd love to hear from you. Indeed. We've got quizzes coming off as well. Quiz galore as per every week. But first, a conversation 
about shooting. <laughs> How did it go, Alfie? Yeah, so last week we brought you <laughs> news that it was Shrovetide. Um, it was Pancake Day when we mm. did this last week. Yeah, it was. Um, did you have any pancakes? No, I don't like pancakes. I had a pancake last <laughs> night, so a week late. Oh. <laughs> um, well, almost a week late, I suppose, uh, which was... You know, it's all right. I'm, I'm oh, sort of in the same boat. You can have it whenever I you want. Take them or leave them, to be honest, pancakes. Uh, but with it being Shrove Tuesday... It meant it's the uh, the biggest event of the year on mm. the calendar in, in Ashbourne, Ashbourne. Yes. <laughs> uh, which is uh, the event where a load of people going around a field getting all muddy. Um, I went after the show. Yeah, nice wet weather. Yeah, for you. it was absolutely bucketing it down. And about what I don't know, forty five seconds into it, I uh, stepped onto a field. Because there was news coming through that the ball in this game, which is essentially a sort of ancient version of football, there was news that the ball was going near to one of the goals. And I thought, I'll head that way then, see if I can catch up with the action. Stepped onto the field and immediately face-planted in mud. No. Just immediately. Splat straight away. Oh, and you've still got hours. Hours left. left. That Um, is bad. Yeah, so I had to submit to the the mud in the end, basically. That's that's what happened. I went, <laughs> right, we're here now. This is this is what this is, is it? Okay, we'll just have to go with it. Mm. And basically, was wandering around, absolutely caked in mud. Uh, I took an alternative route to the actual goal and went via the roadside where the, uh, the elements were a bit less slippy. Because as mentioned on last week's show... I uh, thought it not worth the price to buy a pair of wellies once more just for one day of the year. Um, so I ruined uh, some work. Well, you shoes. had an idea, though, to put over your shoes, didn't you? I did. I uh, I got round the lack of uh, wellies and, in that case, lack of uh, waterproofing protection because the shoes that I'd gone for were the oldest shoes that I have, which were some work shoes that I used to wear a few years ago and were absolutely battered anyway. So... Um, as I said last week, I looked at them and said, <laughs> your time hath come. Uh, and they're in the bin now? Yeah, uh, well, they're not yet in the bin. They're sort of on the side, uh, looking very muddy. Yeah. Uh, or, or on the, uh, sorry, in the entrance way, looking yeah. very muddy. They probably can't even be uh, sent to a charity shop now. the bin, no. The yeah. charity would not take them. Uh, it, would, it would be offensive to bring yeah. those shoes into a charity shop. Uh, but they're netted trainers. Uh, black netted trainers and therefore obviously it was pouring down I was going to be wandering through mud I thought I don't really want my feet to get wet so an ingenious solution was devised <laughs> which was to put plastic bags Everyone on my feet thought you were stupid but clear it plastic bags on my feet I told people this and they laughed they were <laughs> wrong to laugh my feet dry as a bone uh-huh. yeah shoes ruined feet perfectly fine uh, but yes, I um, fell face mm. first in dirt immediately. So just committed to that. And where the goal is, it's um, the Uppards scored the goal at their goal, the Sturston goal. They won, which didn't is, they, overall? Yes, that's right. Mm. Within the, um, within the, I was going to say river, it's a book, is what you call it. Or a Ooh. book, as uh, other people call it, who don't pronounce their double O's like I do. Uh, but yeah, it's a book. So, but basically, a river, just a stream that goes through, and you have to get into the river with the ball. Did you get in? Uh, I didn't get in. Oh, okay. The players had to the get into the river okay. with the ball and tap the ball against this stone goal uh, three times in order to score. Um, and we were waiting for this, and the goal is down a bank as well, a really steep, muddy bank. And so uh, I started wandering down because I could see other people who I knew standing by the goal and thought I'm going to go down there and then I hesitated for a moment and thought oh no actually I'm not but then my right foot buckled and I slid down the slope like <laughs> like some kind of superhero sliding in it was uh, yeah with your wild. phone ready yeah, yeah. Take there was the no option there was no option my phone was absolutely caked in wood Ooh. afterwards there was there was momentary worry about whether it would actually charge or not at the end yeah. but we seem to have escaped um well, it's still working, pretty isn't it? pretty well yeah we've escaped uh, feeling safe mm. about the whole phone did situation. you get any good content 
I did indeed. Did it go anywhere? I, um, it could have gone somewhere if not for my poor Twitter DM replies. <laughs> I had about um, five different like news organisations asking to use the video. What, you basically, did, I videoed. Didn't them. go in any of them. Uh, no, I oh, I didn't it. look at me Twitter until oh, the day after. The thing is, right, all of them wanted it for. So there were three breakfast radio stations who wanted the content. But obviously, the, it was day one and the end of day one. So anything after breakfast, it was irrelevant by then. And then there were a few uh, media publications who wanted it for like use in TikToks and stuff, which is grand and all fun. And thank you very much for uh, reaching out to me. I would yeah. have been glad to have given it to you if I wasn't asleep at the time. Because this is the problem. They wanted it early in the morning. I got back in at midnight <laughs> and was absolutely knackered. And you left about half five. So, yeah. So, and I slept till, you know, only 10 a.m. Yeah. So it wasn't like I majorly slept in or. Anything. But that Mrs. Breakfast on but TV and radio. Mrs. Breakfast Radio, mm. because, you know, I got a DM from four people at, you know, quarter to six in the morning. <laughs> and uh, you're not going to be not up. I'm not going to be up having just gone to bed at, at midnight, or, well, probably past midnight. I got in at midnight, so, you know, the settling down bit had to happen first. So I was well away with the, uh, with the sheep uh, by then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so unfortunately it didn't really go uh, anywhere. It did go on Derbyshire Live. So, oh, you know, that's a we never reason. got on there. <laughs> uh, well, exactly. Uh, yeah, it was good though. As an experience, I feel I said this last week, it was absolutely pouring down. I was sort of dreading it in a sense because as an event, it is, you've got to really muck in. Uh, but the splash of mud to the face early on just woke me up a bit to say, well, you've, you've fell over now. You've just got to sort of go for this. Got to really just commit. It sounded like you and did. And therefore I yeah. did. And it is, as an event, quite fun, if if not a tedious thing to think about. <laughs> <laughs> just think, God, I don't want to be in a muddy field at midnight. But once you are, it's all grand. Yeah, because there's, yeah, there's no light there. Obviously, it's just the middle of a field. And they don't like torches... Being, no, uh, no. If you shine a torch, yeah. they go mad. So you need a candle. There have been stories previously of uh, once once darkness falls, because obviously it happens at the same time every year. So darkness tends to fall around five o'clock ish, and the game really can go early, on till yeah. you know ten o'clock uh, when it can finish at the latest. And so therefore, there's you know about four or five hours worth of darkness to play through where things are allegedly said to have happened in the past with the oh. ball. Uh, so, what? for example, a few what, years cheating? ago... Mm, possibly <laughs> cheating. Now, we don't want to be sued on this show, so no, I'm going to say... it's not uh, cheating. These are all allegations and stories that yeah, people They've not been say. proven yet. Uh, yeah, none of it is they solidly will be proven. proven. <laughs> um, however... Uh, the use of taxis and Land Rovers and things in the <laughs> middle of the night to hide the ball away, and or people saying, purposefully telling people that the ball's over there in that bush, and then running away with it and hiding it in another bush for you know. I don't three think that's hours. cheating though. That bit, no, that telling bit other is, people. Yeah, it's game. If they're play. on the other team. Yeah, I feel I like if Jose Mourinho managed to shrove to a team, <laughs> that would be a tactic he would come up with. Is it we that is pretend so true. <laughs> <laughs> we lie to them, we lie to them through our back teeth, and then we sit on it in this bush because we're too far away to make a run for our goal. We're really close to them scoring, so park the bus, everyone, or rather park the ball in a hedge, <laughs> as it as it probably is. Um, but yeah, all sorts of stories of Ooh, uh, you know, people getting a bit lost in the dark, which has happened before. Uh, wandering around the fields of Ashbourne and going I thought I was with everyone, I thought the game was over there, it's really dark I'm in a field, I've just found myself in a bog and there's no one around and then you look like some kind of yeah. lost child just wandering around going, I, think, I think I'm going to die in this field, I think this is going to be where I perish but overall it's, um, it's a wild event that ultimately I think you've got to go and see at least once haven't you yeah, yeah, I've been once, and it was absolutely crazy. It is pandemonium, it's isn't it? When they yeah. turn up the ball, as they call it, which is sort of the equivalent word for kick-off, when the game kicks yes. off, when the ball is turned up, 
the amount of people that want to go there and just watch as a sort of spectator event is obviously um yeah you don't quite have large. to get involved no exactly you know, just, um yeah. and then the amount of people that muck in when it uh, when it gets started so the ball will be thrown in the air from this plinth and into the crowd and then people just descend upon the spot where the ball landed and it's just like the biggest scrum for about 10 hours it's <laughs> quite the wild sport indeed um yes we'll be back with some quizzing Ooh. after some Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds it's from his newest album Council Skies came out at the end of last year seen him live Phantom Radio. Live, Live from Caddleston Road. <laughs> well, then we can stop the interview because I only want to talk to people who have a little bit of understanding of football. We are back and it is now quiz time. And once again, we'll be doing starting 11s. Starting 11s. Testing each other. Choosing a game from the past... Uh, well, from the Whenever. past, obviously. Whenever. <laughs> Can't do one from the future. Uh, We're going to predict this weekend's out. lineups. Yeah. <laughs> testing out how well on, how well, oh. how good our knowledge of this is definitely starting my lineups. Weakest quiz of all the ones we you do. You think? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh dear. Well, we, we, I don't know. I think we're all right. It depends You're on the right. game and the week, doesn't it? Really. Yeah. Uh, I know what game I want to do, but I can't find the actual starting lineup uh, for some reason. Is it not just on BBC Sport? Uh, this is this or is, is it from what I'm hoping to find. No, no, it's <laughs> the same year as uh, as we're aiming for here. So we've gone ten years ago. Uh, yes, I've gone 2014. 2014, two games from 2014. Uh, how well do you remember the year 2014? Uh, what a Brazil FIFA World Cup, indeed. Sochi Winter Olympics, indeed. Uh, I Sochi would have been Winter twelve. Winter. Uh, yeah. Wow. I don't really remember what else happened in 2014 with Dodd Mate. Uh, no, I, I, to be honest, I feel like I remember uh, watching that Brazil Germany I, game. I, I think that's sort that. of the main thing, really, isn't yes. it? Let's be honest. What a game. What a mauling. What a mauling indeed. Uh, but you are going to be quizzing me on. Uh, Real Madrid, the Atletico Madrid Champions League final. It was the first Champions League final between two clubs from the same city. Real Madrid beat Atletico Madrid 4-1 after extra time. Mm. Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid. That's what I've got to figure out here. Okay. In Lisbon. In Lisbon. At I the remember Benfica a, Stadium. I remember a soccer AM um, sort of package that they did about the fact that the Champions League final in Lisbon was going to be in Lisbon that I don't think would air now due to a joke uh, about the similarity of the words Lisbon uh, and another word about... Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to phrase this <laughs> nicely. But let's just say uh, he called the people of Lisbon uh, Lisbians and then then we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that, shall we? I'm not sure it would pass in... Today's uh, yeah. Today's program. We'll make a new radio show after the watershed for that. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, but first, uh, let's get on with it, shall we? Yes. Okay, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid. That's yes. who we got. Twenty fourteen Champions League final in Lisbon. Four <laughs> one Madrid. Do uh, Do you remember the game at all? Do you remember what? I you know I remember watching. See these two. Was it the year after that? It was Madrid Juventus. Because I think I remember those yeah. two games sort of meld into one. I can't quite remember which one was which. Probably each. a similar team, though, wouldn't it? You, yeah. Similar, um, similarities. But I'm thinking of Atletico first, and I'm going to okay. say uh, Thibaut Courtois. That is correct. A good start in goal. And at right back, 
I'm going to say Juan Fran. That's very well remembered, yep. Yeah. How do you remember Juan Fran? At centre-back, wow. I'm going to say Diego Godin or Godin. Or yeah, the stalwart of a Diego Simeone defender. The other centre-back's in the game, a bit the more difficult, I think. Uh, oh... Okay, left back. I'm going to go Felipe Luiz. Wow, you're on fire, mate. Yeah, that's correct. He's got three of the back four now. Uh, what's the formation? Uh, four four two. Oh, of course. Traditional. Um, Diego Simeone, okay, yeah. we'll go midfield. Uh, ooh, on the wing or somewhere in midfield is going to be Koke. Yeah, they've got him here as left midfield, left wing, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, he sort of could play anywhere. Across yeah. the middle of the park, couldn't he? Uh, okay, so right mid will be... Is it... I don't know whether Vitolo played for them at the time or whether he came a bit later. I'm going to say him anyway. Uh, Vitolo. Nope. Oh, not on here, I'm afraid. Um, okay, Griezmann, I'm going to say. Is he up front? Uh, no, he didn't start oh, the game. He wasn't no. on the bench. He wasn't there at the time. Oh, was or... he not? Was he still? He was still in Sociedad then. Uh, that's annoying. Uh, oh, well, I know. No, Torres wasn't still there. Was he? Was he? Did Morata play for them? Then no, way too early. He's probably still at Real Madrid, wasn't he? Or maybe he was at Juventus at the time, actually. Oh, it's tough, this one, Ooh. actually, isn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to give you a tough one. Apart um, from Stoke. Oh. You know Stoke Still red and white. Out. Still red and white. Uh, so, 4-4-2, four, four, I've got uh, all defenders bar one. Yeah. There's... Do you want a clue with that defender? Uh, oh, yeah, go on, then. But it's not going to be a football clue. Oh, that's it's fine. It's just a clue to a name. Okay. Source of a name of an old BBC sitcom. <laughs> I can't believe some mothers do have them was in the back four. Um, <laughs> genuinely, that has not helped at all. Um, it's just one word. Oh. An old BBC... <laughs> Mr. Porridge? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, oh. Well, I hope it's got a sitcom. But it's I... a programme anyway. Okay, and I'm not too sure. Um, I'm mulling it over, but I'm going to leave the centre-back for now. I know there's a few players who I, I can picture them in my head, but I just don't know what their names are. Yeah. Uh, I feel it was too early for Saul Niguez, the one who went to Chelsea. Slightly too early. There is a guy called Tiago, but I don't know... Is he called just Tiago, or is there another name? Tiago. Tiago's correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, is he centre mid? Yeah, he's centre mid, yeah. Oh, who's the other centre mid? I don't know why, but I feel like I played as Atletico Madrid a lot on FIFA this year, <laughs> hence my uh, my remembrance of them. Yeah, I was going to say, Wamfran and Felipe Did, Luis are great. See, I know Jackson yeah. Martinez played for them around the time, but I don't think he started in this one. Um who yeah, there might have been injuries. Oh, I don't 2014, know. 2014, is David Villa still... No, he'll be in America by then, won't he? Oh, it's tough, this. Will he? I don't know. Uh, I can't think of another striker. Okay, let's go on to Real Madrid, shall okay. we? Uh, in goal for Real Madrid... No, I'm not going to start there, because I feel Ooh. I might get that wrong. Um, centre-back, Sergio Ramos... Of course, scored and a goal from the corner, didn't he, to force extra time. The other centre-back here is quite tough, actually, isn't he? So I'm going to leave that. I'm going to go left-back Marcelo. He came on Ooh. from the bench. Who the hell is the other? Which well, surprised Fabio me. Fabio Quentrao, surely, surely is no. that the one? How Did have you he got stopped? that? Yeah. Get How have you... Um, this is the thing, Alfie, you can just pick out these names. I can't remember <laughs> half of these. In midfield, oh, um, that's class. Luka Modric there at the time. He was there at the time. It's yeah. okay. Ronaldo. Yeah. Obviously. Is he on the wing? Uh, yes, he is. Yeah. Benzema. Yeah, he scored in the game. Benzema. Yeah, he's up front. Uh, right wing. Bale there in twenty fourteen. Yeah, Gareth yeah. Bale was there. Uh, in the number ten position. Oh no! So it'd be Modric. Is Cruz there by then or not? I don't think he is. Is he? It's a midfield three. Of it's like two centre mids and, and one you mid. would classify more as a winger. 
but oh, they put him in a, no, no, not yet. Put him as a CM in this See, graphic I for some reason. I can't remember. Is this after the World Cup or before? It must be before. Well, this is before the so FIFA Hames World Rodriguez Cup in Brazil. There. Was Isco there by then, or was he still at uh, Malaga? I can't think. Mm. Um, Ozil wasn't still there. Um, oh, tough, tough. I think Ozil moved to Arsenal in 2014. So oh, okay. Um, For right back options, I'm thinking it's going to be either uh, Danny Carvajal or Alvaro Arbeloa. They tended to be the two players at the time. I it's think. one of those two. Uh, is, oh God! <laughs> See, one of them might be on the bench, so it is worth the risk in taking. Oh, the other centre back, Pepe. He was on the bench. Oh, didn't come on. Varane. Varane started. Okay, instead. okay. How Which did surprise me. Varane, then I can't Pepe, really think of. If it's ten years ago, probably would have been about twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Yeah. Which is still, you know. Oh, he's still going at nigh on forty, <laughs> isn't he? He might actually be forty and still be playing. I think he's playing be. for Porto still, isn't he? Yeah. Pepe? Angry bloke that he is. Uh, so, what forgot for Real Madrid then? You've got Ramos, Varane, Contral, Modric, uh, and then the front three: Bale, Benzema, Ronaldo. Okay. So you're still missing two of the midfield three and right back goalkeeper. Two of the midfield, three, right back and goalkeeper. Uh, so right back, I'm going to say Arbeloa. You've gone wrong. Oh, is it Carvajal? It's Carvajal. Okay. Was it Arbeloa on the bench? It, he was on the bench, oh, yeah. Okay. We he didn't come on, though. We don't lose the life. Um, and uh, so what now? Two centimetres and the goalkeeper. Was the goalkeeper Casillas? Because it wouldn't have been Navas yet because the World Cup hadn't happened. That's me thinking. It was Casillas, yeah. He was yes. captain yes, he uh, of Real Madrid that day. So just two centre mids left. Yeah, well, one of the centre mids is, is actually a winger, but they've just put him as a centre mid in this uh, graphic. A winger who's just Much playing more winger. centre mid? Yeah. Oh, God, I've got, I genuinely got no clue on this. Definitely heard of him. A winger who played for... Oh, Di Maria. Correct, yeah, oh, Di Maria. Yes. Okay. Uh, and so... Not, uh, Sent- so the other sentiment... I haven't said Tony Kroos yet, have I? I don't know whether it is him or whether we're too early. I can't remember when he moved from Bayern. Maybe it was that year. I'm going to go for it, Tony Kroos. No, it's not Tony Kroos, but it's a German compatriot. Oh, Sammy Kadir. It is Sammy Kadir, yeah. Wow, hundreds of weird people that you don't <laughs> remember for ages and then suddenly come to you in the moment. Uh, I feel like I ran out of lies with Cruz there, but... We've got the whole Real Madrid team now. Uh, Do you want to have so a So how many of Atletico have we got left here to get? The centre-back, uh, two strikers... Oh, I do fruit. know this centre-back. No, two centre back. Was it, two centre-back. The centre-back of like, called Miranda. Correct, yes. yeah. Yes, the Brazilian man called Miranda. No, I do. And then, to be honest, the clue didn't help. I didn't even think back to the clue then. I just remembered him. And so who else left? Uh, the two strikers and two midfielders. Because you said Thiago, didn't you? Yes. And you've got Coco. Yeah. So yeah. the two midfielders, there's like a... There were about four or five players who all sort of played on rotation for Atletico Madrid, who were all sort of the same player, which is quite quite interchangeable people. Um, oh, it's so tough this is because they all had like quite short names as well, from what I remember. It's like sort of four letter named midfielders from sort of Brazil or Spain that were all quite on the right similar. lines. Yeah, well, one of them definitely. But is I just four cannot remember what he's called. There is another player called Koke who I don't think actually played for Atletico inside. Um, so up front, is it... Two up front here. Is Morata playing him. for them? This is what I want to know. He's probably at Juve the year after and I'm getting them mixed up. That's why. Uh, Torres wasn't there at the time, was he? Surely. I don't think he was anyway. Uh, let's go with David Villa because we might be... Yeah, David Villa was in was the starting lineup. Okay, so yeah. he must have gone to New York the year after then. Must have. Um, and there's still one striker. 
One other striker. Uh, Jackson Martinez, I think you're going to kick wasn't there. Uh, oh, no, he's not Aguero. He's, he's, he definitely wasn't there. He was definitely yeah, That's ludicrous. Um, I was just... Because City won their Falcao first. Falcao was there, but... No, not not, st- no, he no. was at Monaco by then. Oh, God. Ooh. I seem to know more than I thought I did about Atletico Madrid. Seems like every striker they've ever had. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Apart from this one. Um... Oh, you haven't I just said. can't think. Uh, is there an other midfielders I need to get? Just one more midfielder. Uh, did you say the four that are... Uh, no, no. Because you said Coco, did. didn't you? Oh, it's so annoying because I can picture them all in my head, I but I just can't list. think of them. <laughs> uh, okay, I think we're going to have to submit on this one. Hmm. Okay, so the striker at top was Diego Costa. Diego Costa? No! Morata was on the bench for Real Madrid. Oh, okay, so he must have gone to Juventus uh, the season after. Gabby. Gabby. And Gabby. Raul Garcia. Gabby. Gabby. That's the one Those I was missing. Of. Okay, that, well, that was all right. I'm you there. did. Wow. I'm very happy with my performance there, and uh, we'll see whether Kieran is uh, equally <laughs> as happy after a bit of Queen watching this is Video Gaga. across campus and online this is phantom radio if you're two one up with 10 minutes to go you don't sub off one of your best defenders more quizzing to be done it was all no right showing, wasn't it? That I think from you did spectacularly previously. Well. a and, bit of uh, uh, Atletico Madrid knowledge from myself uh, I'm quite happy if I do say so myself. Now I've just had a mini panic halfway through uh, Radio Gaga there. Yesterday. Um, whether I got the teams right or not, because the same organisation, that being the BBC, have two separate articles that say the lineups were different. But I've uh, double sourced and found out which one is actually correct for this game. Uh, your game, of What's course, the game? was the Champions League final in 2014, an event we also mentioned that happened in 2014 in the world of football, and was quite massive, was that little thing called the World Cup that happened in Brazil. Very the little. winners of the tournament were Germany. They were 1-0 winners over Argentina, and that is the game that I want to know about. It's the final of the Brazil 2014 World Cup. So Germany versus Argentina. The Maracanã. At the Maracanã, indeed. Boom, in Brasilia? Or where did you know which one? In... Uh, I can't remember. The, not the one that's in the middle of the Amazon rainforest, anyway. Well, no. <laughs> that was wild. Doesn't there any Amazon or Orinoco rivers? In mm, indeed. Right. Uh, let's get into it, shall we? Uh, yeah. Where do you feel like beginning? Nowhere. <laughs> okay, so Germany played a no. 4-3-3. Argentina played a 4-2-3-1. Okay, well, let's go Germany. Yep. I'd probably be stronger on Germany. 100% you'll be stronger on Germany. So, Manuel Neuer and goal, surely. Yes. If that wasn't right, then I'll I'll have left. Uh, Then, thank you. Mario Goetze scored a goal. Uh, Mario Goetze scored the goal to win it after he came on as a sub in the 88th minute. Oh, yeah, of course, can I forgot about that. He didn't start. So, who started then? That's true. 4 3 3 were in. And you've obviously only got the goalkeeper, so you still open up. Did Miroslav Klose start? Miroslav Klose is the player that Mario Goetze came on for. Miroslav Klose, the player who scored the most goals at a World Cup. A player who I'm weirdly quite obsessed with. I don't know, I like like, at the time I was like really into him as a player. Just like it's strange that his actual playing career is not that is not actually you know spoken about or and hasn't yes, won many World trophies Cups, but he was turned it on for massive, Germany absolutely and now massive. Germany don't really 
have a striker, didn't I also they, just love of... the way that Clive Chelsea used to play, say his name. It was always quite... It's a mere slob. <laughs> so, just, yeah, great player. Cracking player. Do you play for Lazio, I think? He did, yes. Yeah, for quite a few years. Uh, but yeah, interesting. Only sort of known for his international achievements. But congratulations, that's one of the... Uh, well, two of the 11 down. One of the oh, outfield gosh. plays for Germany. Uh, you may have been on the bench, don't know, but Andre Schurler was definitely at the tournament because he scored in the semi-finals. So Andre Schurler uh, was on the bench, unfortunately, for you. He's on the bench. Okay. Uh, did Matt Hummels start? Matt Hummels started at left centre-back. Well done. Left centre-back. Okay. Sammy Kadira, we said him earlier, he might have started in midfield for Germany. Guess what? I'm going to give you... For who you said before, but uh, yeah, Sammy Kadira was on the what? I thought he started. Okay, <laughs> no, that's the other article that said that. Sorry, the incorrect article said Sammy Kadira started. Uh, apparently, he must have been injured because he wasn't even in the squad. Oh. That feels like he a scored lie, in the semi-final. Uh, yeah, he must have got injured or something. Maybe he got he's, suspended. Maybe he's not in the squad here. Yeah, he's not in the squad on the three other oh, wow. um, sources that I have. So that's a shock. Unfortunately, not. Yeah, Sammy Kadira oh, okay. is weirdly a player that I can just picture in the kit that Germany were wearing, that yeah. red and black one. But no, didn't yes. start. And who did you say before that? Do you remember? Because I think was it Hummels? Oh yeah, Hummels. Yeah, yeah okay. he started. You said he started. Yeah, yes. and I think um, Boateng. Boateng because is the other um, centre back. Per Mertesacker was in the squad, but he didn't really start many games. No, because uh, quite slow. The less said about Boateng, the better. Is all yes. I'm say. And let's move on. At the left back, I feel is very difficult. I think I would I'm not thinking maybe about full Got this. I don't. I, I'm thinking the right because back you should. Be I'm thinking no midfielder because I have got him on a Germany shirt in my house, hung up. Uh, so he must have been the squad. Uh, Mesut Ozil. Mesut Ozil is listed here as the left winger. <laughs> so who wow. have you got? You've he got none of the back. midfielders first. I think you've got a chance to get two of the midfielders, and the uh, other one I think you're not getting. Tony Kroos. Tony Kroos. That just came to my head because you also one. mentioned him earlier. Yep, Tony Kroos. Okay. So who else? Tough in this. So a four-three-three. You've got. Boateng and Hummels as a centre-back partnership. You've got Tony Kroos as one of a midfield three and Ozil as the left wing uh, and uh, closer as the striker. So you still need the right winger, two midfielders and the full-backs for Germany. Wow, not tough at all. Shall we go to Argentina, quick? Uh, yes. Do about the two players I know on their team. over to Argentina. If Lionel Messi is not there... Again, yeah, I'm sorry, leaving. he didn't start. Of course, <laughs> he did. of course, he did. And I believe Gonzalo Higuain started. Higuain is indeed. I remember front. that because he missed a chance in the first half. I think. I think he missed one of the best chances of the Obvious, game for Argentina. I think there's quite a few people who've played for Man United in this team. Mm. Okay. Anyway, I think um, he probably would have been in the squad. I'll just say Otamendi. Otamendi uh, is not even in the squad. Too early. What? Your A competition too early, I think. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but there's one... So, one, two, three players who played for Man City. Well, I was going to say, because he's the only Argentinian goalkeeper I know yeah. at the time, Willy Caballero. Oh, no, you know the other goalkeeper. He didn't play for Man City. The goalkeeper play, has played for Man United, though. An Argentinian yeah. goalkeeper played for Man United? Hmm, okay. I have to uh, think about that one. Who else would have played for Argentina? Honestly, just can't picture anything. So in the net. I can just remember the last World Cup final, Argentina. <laughs> well, he certainly <laughs> played like, for Man United. Oh, uh, in... oh um. Angel Di Maria would have been there. Uh he would have but only on the bench he oh. didn't come on God. 
how are we doing? How are we doing? We're not doing well. No, because I don't know half. I okay. told you I wasn't going to do well. Um, I was correct. So, right back for played for Man City. Argentina. Oh, hello. <laughs> a, a camera has just. A camera has just fallen off the wall. Um, that was. Uh, Hardy in mouth movement. Let's carry on, shall um, we? Uh, you, well, you're giving it to me now. Pablo Zabaleta. Pablo Zabaleta yes, is great. That was no, I'm plea. booing. I'm absolutely booing. Sorry, I've been shocked there. That was a shock, wasn't it? Ooh, on his skin. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, one of the cameras just came off the wall. Um, You'll still be able to see us, so. uh, Yeah, not through that one, I suspect. <laughs> that just happened. Um, so... You've got everyone else, uh, Bar Messi, Higuain, and Zabaleta to go <laughs> on the Argentina team here. Uh, oh, do, no do you want some help, or do we want uh, to? I think if you return to the Germany team, there's you can get one of the fullbacks, the right back. Right back. Uh, Bayern can also be a defensive mid. Oh, Philip Lahm. Philip Lahm. Yeah, Given it to me, yeah. Of course, captain. On always. No uh, I don't know. Alarm must have been captain, wasn't he? Really, I think that's probably no, true. Great servant to uh, Bayern Munich in uh, Germany. The other person up front on the right wing, so you got closer in Özil, the right winger. Just think of German football, and then he's sort of the player. Really, feels like he's been playing for them forever. But yeah, he's uh, oh Thomas Müller. Thomas Müller, hilarious oh, yeah. man, Thomas Müller. I don't think of Müller right winger. First yeah. You think Muller Raumdeuter? Is that <laughs> is that what he is? No, is that what he is? I can't remember which. He might be that one. That's what he is. I think it's the one that means space finder or whatever, Ooh. isn't it? Um, so you've got Lom, Boateng, Hummels, and at uh, the centre backs, you've got Cruz, uh, and there's two other centre mids. Uh, yeah, so you've got two other centre mids and the left back for Germany. I think you can... I'm going to say one of the Bender brothers. Uh, n- none of They're the Bender the, brothers no, no, uh, are in there. I'm just going to say some random names. Okay. Was Lucas Podolski in the squad? He, he was in the squad. He was on the bench. He was on the bench. I knew he was on the bench. I just want to clarify that. Because I like Lucas Podolski. A bit of Arsenal-based. Yeah, he was a yeah, good player for Arsenal. There. Great left foot. He did well for Germany. He was very good at G- for Germany. Yes. Uh, did he do well for Arsenal or just... Um, uh, well, it wasn't a flop, but it wasn't like um, a legend. You know what I mean? Like you just um, you sort of <laughs> normal Premier League left winger score goals assisted, Fair but enough. nothing. Fair enough. I don't know. Just now, I wasn't expecting you to say that he was yeah. uh, the biggest legend ever. But, but... No, I did like him. Um, oh God, this is a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah, for you. Yeah, it's terrible. Me? Uh, yeah, so two centimetres and one left back. I can give you them if you want. Because I feel we've reached that point. Yeah, we might be uh, here forever. So the one centimetre that I think you will, could have got, uh, played for Bayern, played for Man United, long name. Oh, Schweinsteiger. Schweinsteiger. Bastian Schweinsteiger. The other one... She can't go far as well, of course. Uh, of course. Uh, most famously when he was asked... Um, now you're joining the Chicago <laughs> Fire do team. Do you think uh, do you think you can go on and win the World Cup with the Chicago <laughs> Fire? It's like, no, because they're not a country, <laughs> you idiot. Obviously, that is... What, didn't no. you hear the news? Chicago's not a country. Chicago is now a country. Uh, the other sentiment who I don't think you would have got is Bohusha Munchengladbach defensive mid Christoph Kramer. Who? Well, there you go. And the <laughs> left back is not a traditional left back. He's a centre back who played for Schalke at the time. It's Benedict Hervedes. Yeah, never. Yeah, never. Uh, for Argentina. Uh, Basically, the whole team. In goal, number one, Sergio Romero. Don't know why I said the number. Oh, I remember it now. Uh, Zabaleta. The other Man City player, Martin Demichelis. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ponytail. Left centre back, yeah. Ezekiel Garay, who played for Valencia. Never heard of him. Marcus Rojo, he played for Manchester oh, yeah. United, of course. Uh, the two defensive mids, Javier Mascherano and Lucas Velia. I know Mascherano, I don't know Velia. Uh, no right mid Ezekiel Lavezzi, one of the first players Lazio. to go to China. Uh, PSG, I think. PSG. More. Oh, yeah. 
he hard. went to China and uh, there's a gif of him when he joined the club doing a sort of racist gesture by accident. It's very bizarre. But in any case, uh, one of them players, he was just at PSG sort of around the time Zlatan was there, I think. Uh, Messi, obviously who he got. Uh, Perez, I think it's Enzo Perez. Uh, and obviously Higuain up front. That was that was grand, wasn't it? Oh, a great World Cup final for you there. Just give me general knowledge questions every day of the week over that. Indeed. It's at one minute to four. This is George Michael. <laughs> or, or it isn't, apparently. Well, it'll, it'll come on in a second, I swear. After the traffic and travel. We're not... And online. This is Phantom Radio. We'll be back after this. He won't let you down. across campus and online this is phantom radio if you're two one up with 10 minutes to go you don't sub off one of your best defenders one of the things we mentioned at uh, the top of the hour was sackings and this is a pretty maverick statement by the uh, south korean fa as they have dispatched with manager Jurgen Klinsmann normally we talk to you about and have mentioned about how sanitised we sometimes feel that these statements from clubs are we brought you a Port Vale statement last week that was a little bit different and by the way since then they've appointed Darren Moore as manager which is a huge yeah. appointment for League One I think it's a good and appointment uh, it happened on the day that we were talking about them unfortunately it happened about a minute after we went off air so uh, yeah we missed the boat on that one but a big appointment for them uh, but we were talking about their statement uh, in defence of uh, recruitment manager Dave Flickcroft has been a bit avant-garde for the type of football statements you usually get, which are quite cold and sanitised. And uh, the Korean, uh, the South Korean FA must have uh, heard us talking about that and thought, OK, we see that challenge and we give you an even more unconventional way <laughs> of uh, putting out a statement in the sacking of Jürgen Klinsmann what uh, would you expect to see from a statement from well, a club about it's usually a copy and paste job from every club isn't it we thank them for exactly. their we hard like work we like to thank them for their service you know uh, yeah. thank you for your a, time mate that you kind know. Of, really you know he came in on this date and he helped steady the ship. Yeah, but all things that unfortunately jazz. haven't um, gone our way recently, so we have made a tough decision uh, yeah, to make change. Decision to tough make decision to make because we really liked him. Or okay. her could be her. Let's uh, let's hear about what the Korean FA, they the KFA, had to say about Jurgen Klinsmann. The KFA has decided to change the national head coach following a comprehensive review. Klinsman has failed to display the managerial capability and leadership expected of a national head coach in areas ranging from tactics, personal management, to work attitude and others required to bring about competitiveness to the team. Klinsman's attitude and competitiveness as head coach has fallen short of people's expectations and it was agreed that this would not be improved going forwards. So we decided to change mm. leadership ahead of the 2026 wow. World Cup qualifying games. That is... Uh, it's quite angry, oh. isn't it, that? He won't be he putting out on his CV. He yeah. has failed here. Rubbish. I I just couldn't believe how pointed it was. Yeah. It's not the kind Scaving of thing attack. we usually see. Absolutely going for him there. So Jürgen Klinsmann clearly has uh, rubbed someone at the mm. South Korean Football Association up the wrong way. Or they've just got lost in translation. Well, this is the other option: is that they genuinely it's quite a tough career. Let's be honest; they it's not genuinely an easy think to learn. that that's how you uh, you sack a manager is you <laughs> list all their failings and reasons mm. why. Yeah, it's not a good look for Klinsman, is it? No, he's going to struggle getting a job him. now. Well, I always seem to remember that he's mm. sort of seen in this odd way as a manager, as someone who's quite astute in a sense, isn't he? Remember, he managed the USA, didn't he? Yes, and that he was did. sort of the, the thinking was that he is very sort of professional and 
the standards are quite high. Apparently not. <laughs> what a way to uh, get rid of someone. A scathing, yeah. scathing exit. Uh, now, from someone who uh, has made an exit, someone who has made an entrance recently, it's Dwight Gale. He's back. Yeah, he, he's back playing football. Uh, he's not playing paddle or whatever it is everyone's <laughs> supposed to be saying that yeah. he's playing these days. Another statement that caught our eye, Alfie. Indeed. So, Derby County have signed Dwight Gale on a free after he left Stoke City. Uh, he terminated his contract with the club around a month ago. And the saga has been ongoing since, pretty much, I would say. Yeah. You know, people have wanted Dwight Gale as Derby fans have been asking for him. <laughs> uh, basically since the moment that he left because Derby missed out on their target to bring in a striker in January and so it was the only option really left to be fair so there's a bit of clamour but he's arrived what do we think of the signing? well um, obviously Stoke and Championship and Derby in League One so it's a step down for him so we should um, hopefully be able to score some goals because before Stoke he had been a, you know, a reliable goal scorer in the championship, I would say. You're laughing there. Yeah. It, it, Before did, it did not go well and for he's, Stoke. He's got to obviously get up to speed because he hasn't had a lot of game time recently. Uh, he last played on New Year's Day. But um, Derby have injuries in, in that striker position. They don't seem to have all their strikers fully fit at one time. So he's probably going to be you know put straight into that starting eleven. Well, just, to, uh, just to put into context how he went at Stoke, when uh, Darby announced his signing, they put in a statement, <laughs> uh, just at the end of the statement, summing up, you know, his recent times. Gale joined Stoke City ahead of the 2022-23 season in the Championship and was a regular in their side last term. He went on to make a handful of appearances in the current campaign before terminating his contract a few weeks ago. His last appearance was on New Year's Day against Ipswich. Didn't say a lot about goals uh, there. No, not, not many goals <laughs> How mentioned. many goals did he score, uh, Derby? <laughs> yeah, so uh, he scored three goals in his time at Stoke, so yeah. it was hardly riveting You're not going to put stuff. that in your statement to tell your supporters this is our new striker that's going to fire yeah. far us into uh, a championship again. Unfortunately, the time at Stoke was um, not great for him. Awful. But the question is, is that what he is now? What can you expect from mm. him? Because I saw something uh, on another radio station. Uh, I think it was BBC was Derby, to be fair. Um, but the person who was on was a guy called Potolytics, who's a Stoke fan who does sort of analysis of games and uh, yeah, analytics and and stuff like that and he was talking to them about what to expect from Dwight Gale and he is 100% right I don't think you can expect him to be that really fast player who's running off the shoulder anymore because he just isn't that he sort of tried to get involved drop a bit get involved pass around a bit try and fashion an opportunity and he just the pace wasn't there that used to be in any way shape or form at Stoke I mean maybe that was just a Stoke thing and he might still have that in his locker but he certainly didn't show it during his time in the pot trees let's say uh, also I had a conversation uh, with my dad about this uh, once the statement from Derby came out and, and he said he'd be one of the greatest goal scorers in the world if the aim of football was to uh, hit the post or be <laughs> offside I think he probably scored about 25 <laughs> goals for us that he was offside for in his first season. So you could never time those runs, correct? Just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, clearly he'd lost that yard of pace and just couldn't figure out, you know, because he thought was overcompensating maybe and going just too early yeah, yeah. constantly. And it, yeah, it was a bit hilarious, really. <laughs> if he shot and it went in, you just knew it was going to be offside. Like, you could yeah. close your eyes and sort of go, Gail's just ran through. Oh, he's in. He's put it in the What's back it? of the net. And you go, well, it's not in then, is he? It's, it's probably a good offside. job there was no VAR. Otherwise, the three goals he did score would, oh, also, probably been would have also been ruled out. Yeah. <laughs> I think there were two or three of those offsides that weren't actually offside. And then I think probably all three of his actual goals were probably <laughs> offside but it was yeah it was a, a time to forget for him and now he's moved on to pastures new at Derby who are pushing for promotion and uh, as they much as they are well. a bit of a um, up and down uh, outfit sort of emotionally it feels like one week everyone's happy and the next one they're fuming about how they're throwing away this golden opportunity but I think consistency wise they are in a bit of a rhythm and look yes. like they'll hang on to that second place 
Yeah. Uh, so hopefully Dwight Gale, is, um, Dwight Gale could be the man to uh, keep them there. Uh, more leaving news. So we mm, mentioned right. uh, Port Vale's manager. Yeah, there's a lot going on in mm. the uh, managerial <laughs> and the boardrooms of clubs across the nation. Uh, Michael Beale has been sacked to Sunderland boss after only 12 games. Uh, what do you think about former Rangers manager <laughs> Michael Beale? What, do, that was a very what can I say Moon on the radio? Question. <laughs> well, actually did a great job at Rangers because the way Celtic are playing, he gave us an eight-point lead. And That's now wildly. look what's happened. Look how bad us. Celtic are under Brendan Rodgers oh. this time okay, out. Okay, we're talking about Michael Beale, not And yet he managed to, uh, yeah, somehow not get ahead of that. Yeah, so Beale is, um, yeah, hasn't had a great season. Yeah, to, to Michael Beale, did you not Beale and Endor for some <laughs> Did you see the video as well when uh, the player was substituted off the pitch? He went shaking the manager's hand. He refused. And he just refused shaking. Which, you've Brad just lost the dressing room. And after that, there's only going to be one outcome. So we all saw it, saw it coming. Um, yeah, not surprised. Um, and not sad, to be honest. Not sad about Michael Veal leaving Sunderland. No. A bit sad about Tony Mowbray, who's had to step down oh, as yeah. Birmingham City manager. Of course, his um, predecessor at Sunderland, Michael Veal's predecessor, Tony Mowbray, who went to Birmingham after Wayne Rooney's disastrous spell there and looked to be taking over. And as a manager, he is just the sort of archetypal really consistent championship manager that you can pretty much trust with your team uh, whether he gets you up mm. or not is a different question but as a manager he's very yeah. solid championship level but unfortunately due to a long-term illness he has been uh, made to step down We're obviously wishing him all the best it's yeah. uh, apparently going to be a six to eight week a long time, uh, yeah. recovery period for him and therefore he'd probably miss the end of the season or be yeah, out he should just recover now miss the end of the season come back pre-season Stronger. Yes, we're obviously wishing him all the best. And another person we have to wish all the best to is uh, former England manager Roy Hodgson, yeah. who was also made step down this week, or stepped down. I couldn't tell who did the, I think who did the stepping him. and who did the, uh, you know, he, he is the downing. Ill. He is yes. ill, but I think The plans were in place, yeah. um, because the announcement that he was stepping down due to illness was made... And then about 30 minutes later, they had yeah. unveiled their new manager. Wow. Which feels like, you know, those plans <laughs> were definitely... The wheels um, were in motion, let's say. Yeah, he, he has done a great job at, at Palace over the years, but he just stayed on too long. He should have left in the summer. Yeah. It was all good coming back. I think the problem, up, with, left in the, the problem with Palace as a club is, and their fans did protest about this about a week ago, effectively saying, well, have we got no ambition? Is that they are so middling mm. consistently. They are. They need to show and ambition. And so you want, you want to shake it up a bit. But that is a gamble. Stoke were, and I hate to bring us into everything, in this position about six years ago where fans were having genuine conversations that started you know hypotheticals that said you know it just it's a bit boring isn't it this uh, finishing mid-table all the time wouldn't it be interesting if we went down to the championship for one season because then you know we'd be able to batter everyone and then go straight back up and maybe that'd be more interesting genuine conversations that happened and we took a gamble on players trying to get up into the sort of European spots and it didn't work at all and look at where we are now so sometimes uh, the ivory tower of comfort that you yeah. sit in in the Premier League I actually that. you know you are deceived balance. to think that it isn't as good as it is but also as a Palace fan I can understand why you think oh come on can we not yeah. can we not push a bit more just, just not have Roy boundary. Hodgson every season you know, just, yeah, I mean, as good as someone Roy a little Hodgson, bit younger and bit Roy of Hodgson has been an incredible he manager incredible. over his uh, his career in mm. many different countries. I mean, the less said about his time as England manager, the better, I imagine. But especially for Palace in the last few seasons, he's done the job that he needed to do ultimately. Um, and now we see if Oliver Glasner is the man who can make you know it much all about look him? a bit different. Um, yeah, Frankfurt manager. Yeah. So he's he's got. A trophy in his cabinet, he has. or on his CV, or however you want to phrase it. What a trophy to win! Uh, is it the Europa League against was, the Rangers? Oh, he's already liked. Kieran's uh, Kieran's very grateful I'm for the very existence grateful. of Oliver Glasner <laughs> for that very reason. Um, 
Yeah, so we'll see how he does. Yeah, it looks like interesting. an interesting. Prospect. He's only ever managed in Austria and Germany, so it's uh, it's out of his you know culture. It's out of his sort of comfort zone. So we will see how he uh, how he adapts and be interesting. First of all, he's just got to keep him up. Thought Sky Sports was interesting last night. I had a few messages saying, "Yeah, I watched oh, Jesse um, the pre-match yeah. build-up in the first half of the game before I went." Uh, of course, quizzing. this was Crystal Palace Everton, and Jesse Marsh was on there. And he was good. I thought he was good. His accent isn't. We spoke <laughs> he's about. A brilliant, but I, I think he's good. I think he's. Yeah, he grand. was actually. Um, we quite spoke insightful. about Mikel Antonio, Antonio on Antonio, yeah. um, on Sky Sports. Uh, coverage pre-match and post-match previously and he has been on a lot of stuff on Sky Sports News before I think he does a podcast on the BBC and he's clearly got a bit of a personality however when he was doing the pre-match build-up for Sky Sports in their new studio it just didn't work and my theory is why Jesse well no Mm. my theory is why Jesse Marsh seemed to have worked in that environment and he didn't is the new studio because it shows your whole body and it's sort of like you've got to be bigger. And uh, watching Jesse Marsh, it's sort of, in one sense, you want to say, oh, typical American looking thing where he's like over the top and stuff. But he was, he sort of made his body quite big. He was very he was expressive. Yeah. yeah, very active, moving around, pointing at things, saying, I did like press that. up here, blah, blah, standing blah. still. Whereas I think Mikel Antonio wasn't quite sure what to do what space yeah. to occupy whereas Jesse Marsh was very willing to just attacked that it. space yeah, and he was yeah. very good on that there to be fair very, uh, very insightful and also a decent game between uh, Palace and Everton uh, two uh, pretty scrappy in places and, yeah uh, it was a tight game as we expected very tight team wanted to do, lose did yeah, they as you'd expect but pointing out where they seem to be implementing Palace areas of Glasner's sort of identity already even though he wasn't in charge for this game because it would be a bit wild to be on the sideline shouting at people who to be honest you would understand if he didn't even know what their names were yet with him having only been in the building for like less than a day uh, so it was uh, you know a bit interesting mm, yes uh anyway i think we Shall should move on head to bob marley that's yeah. who's coming up now is this love stick with us Exciting things. Okay, that was part one, everyone. Part two, remember to look out for it. We had an exciting guest, as I say. If you've uh, seen anything about the show or dived in at the time that it was live, you may already know it is, but it's an exciting guest. And let's just say, if you're a fan of Ted Lasso, you certainly know or have heard his voice booming over the airwaves. So it was a pleasure to have on Mr. Arlo White. You can hear our conversation with him in part two of the podcast. Check out your podcast feed and look for part two. Thanks for joining us. That was the Phantom Sports Show. Broadcasting across campus and online. This is Phantom Radio.